It's Friday night, 7 o'clock, and that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got all our usual guests on the show tonight. Colin Brown's here. Dave Wilson's here. Richard Phillips is here. And we've got a special chat with West Country trainer Kieran Burke. we talk to Tom Scudamore about his decision to give up racing. As usual, we've got an equine superstar. And hopefully, a bucket load of winners for you. So settle down, get your notepads ready, cup of coffee, and let's get stuck into the show. Good evening and welcome to another edition of The Racing Show. My name is Eddie Hopper. I'm here to steer you through all the bits and pieces that we've got for you today. And we're going to start, as we always do, with The Racing News with Mike Padden. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of The Racing News. With all the news that is the news across from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike and here's our first story. Time has been called on the glittering career of hugely popular chaser Bristol Demai following his run at Haydock on Saturday. Owned by Simon Munir and Isaac Suedi, the Nigel Twiston Davis trained Grey was victorious six times at his beloved Merseyside venue, including a hat trick of victories in the Betfair Chase between 2017 and 2020. Bristol Demai also won the 2016 Altcar Novices Chase, the 2017 Peter Marsh Chase, and last year's Grand National Trial at Haydock but finished well beaten when bidding for back-to-back wins in the latter contest at the weekend. Connections now feel the time has come to give him an honourable retirement. Munir wrote on Twitter, Team Double Green are announcing the retirement of Bristol Demai. It has been a privilege to own him. Bristol has been a legend and retires 100% sound and happy. Our thanks go to Nigel, Sparky, that's Richard Bevis, Daryl Jacob and all at Grange Farm. It has been a wonderful journey that he has taken us all on. It is nine years ago Mai was bought out of Guillaume Macaire's yard in France and he made an immediate impact by providing Munir and Suedi with their first Grade 1 success in the 2014 finale juvenile hurdle at Chepstow. In all, he won 12 times, with his big race haul also including the 2016 Silly Isles Novices Chase at Sandown and the 2017 Charlie Hall Chase at Weatherby. The 12-year-old amassed over £900,000 in prize money, and while his owners are enjoying an excellent season with Blue Lord and El Fabiolo, both winning Grade 1s and heading to next month's Cheltenham Festival as leading contenders... Bristol Demai will undoubtedly always have a special place in their hearts. Jacob, who was on board for nine of the 12-year-old's 12 wins under rules, told SportingLife.com, What a legend of a horse Bristol has been, and he's been a pleasure to ride. 
I've enjoyed so many good days on him, and some special days with my family too. The kids have grown to love him over the years, so he'll always be remembered fondly. His best performance was probably his second Betfair chase when he got the better of Native River, Thistle Crack, Clander Ebo, and Might Bite. The third Betfair gave me a huge amount of pleasure, but in terms of actual performance, it was that second win, beating Gold Cup winners. He absolutely loved Haydock, especially when the mud was flying there. He was a real warrior so consistent throughout his career, and definitely one of the best I have ever ridden. Next, here on the Racing News. Paul Nichols fears he will be without a jockey, Lorcan Williams, for the Cheltenham Festival after the rider apparently contravened new whip rules at Haydock on Saturday. Williams prevailed by a short head aboard, making your mind up in a driving finish to the Albert Bartlett prestige novices hurdle but Nichols believes the rider had committed a whip offence in the process. New rules surrounding whip use were introduced last Monday, with a tougher penalty structure for breaches, starting at a four-day suspension for going above the permitted seven strikes. Nichols indicated Williams had gone above that threshold, with the race's Grade 2 status ensuring any penalties would be doubled under the new regulations, with the champion trainer claiming the rider is expecting 16 days on the sidelines. However, the Digit team must wait until the Whip Review Committee meets on Tuesday to have any punishment confirmed and with suspensions implemented seven days later. Any bans for Williams would not begin until March the 7th or 8th, which would rule him out of Cheltenham if the jockey's prediction is right. Nichols told Betfair, I think Lorcan has got some hot water under these new whip rules. That's my understanding and his understanding, but it's got to be confirmed on Tuesday when the whip review panel meets. He thought he was going to get 16 days, which would rule him out of Cheltenham, which is tough really. It's one of those situations. He said if I hadn't given him a couple of cracks, he wouldn't have won. What was he to do? Drop his hands and get beat? This is where there's a grey area and it's difficult. I don't know what the outcome is, but it looks like he's going to have to sit out Cheltenham, which is terribly sad. Any suspensions incurred this week would come into effect during Cheltenham week. So Nichols has warned stable jockey Harry Cobden to keep that in mind over the coming days. He added, Harry is going to have to be careful. This is the week the lads have got to be careful. Up and two, and including the weekend, because if you get into trouble, that is when you could well miss Cheltenham. The following week, with the structure of the whip review and the dates and that, they'd be OK for Cheltenham. The lads have got to be careful, and I've already stressed to Harry he's got to be very careful, because we don't want him missing Cheltenham, because that would be a disaster for everyone involved. These new whip rules are going to cause a headache. I can see that. The British Horse Racing Authority underlined no decisions on possible riding offences will be made until the whip review panel meets. A spokesperson said... The Whip Review Committee have not yet met to consider referrals from last week. Until they meet to consider the rides, then no breaches have occurred and no penalties are decided or imposed and any suggestion as to possible penalties is pure speculation. Next here on the Racing News. 
Nick Bradley and Roger Fell are mostly associated with winners on the flat, but they are planning an audacious raid on the Cheltenham Festival with ex-Dermot World inmate Coltal. Fifth in the Boodles Fred winter at Presbury Park when trained by World in 2021, the dual-purpose six-year-old won four times for the legendary Irish handler while housed at Roswell House before switching the Carrar for North Yorkshire at a cost of 25,000 guineas last autumn. A fact-finding mission on the flat identified the son of Free Eagle requires further than the minimum two miles these days, and the plan was hatched to target either the Coral Cup or the Per Temps final at the festival next month. Having qualified for the longer of the two races by finishing a close-up second at Musselburgh recently, with Rendlesham winner whacked all back in fourth, Bradley suggests the Pertemps could be the perfect spot for his rare jumps runner unless conditions dictate dropping back in distance. We took him for a spin at Kempton on the all-weather to learn a little bit and Tom Marquan rode him. He said there is no way in the world he is a two-miler hurdler, explained the managing director of Nick Bradley Racing. If you look in Ireland, they were using various types of headgear, which I'm not a fan of. So we took it all off, went back to basics over two miles on the flat to get him from 85% fit to 100% fit so we could go to Musselburgh for the Per Temps qualifier. My assistant is called Lewis Poskett and he needs all the credit as he spotted the race. We were thinking Musselburgh or the Haydock race and obviously we qualified by finishing second anyway so we didn't need to run at Haydock. He went on. That was a great run and he's come out of the race fine, and now he is being put away for a run in either the Pertemps or the Coral Cup. He will probably go for the Pertemps, but if it comes up soft or heavy, then it would be Coral Cup. The horse who finished behind us at Musselburgh won the Rendlesham, and I think we go there with a massive chance. It would not be the first time Bradley has enjoyed success at the festival, as he was the man responsible for purchasing Junior on behalf of Middleham Park Racing for £35,000 before he went on to strike at both Royal Ascot and then by a whopping 24 lengths in the Kim Muir while trained by David Pipe. Bradley continued, Years ago, I bought a horse called Junior, who won at Royal Ascot and the Cheltenham Festival. He had the widest winning margin at the festival until Tiger Roll beat him the other year. He is one I've enjoyed success with before. Meanwhile, with the start of the flat turf season just over a month away, Bradley and Fell are targeting Doncaster's SBK Lincoln with another of their new recruits, Toshi Zoo. Formerly trained by Joseph O'Brien, he is a best price of 33-1 to 1 for the prestigious season-opening handicap and Bradley believes his odds offer real value, judged on his best form in Ireland. He added, If you watch his two runs last year, the run at the start of the season was really good, but he was just too far. Then he was sent off favourite next time, and I thought he ran fine that day, but came back lame. We got him going early January, and we're on target for the Lincoln. At the moment, he might need a little help to get in, but it's a race that will cut up plenty. He will go and have his first away day in about 10 days and we don't know levels of ability or anything like that at present. But based on the form of his first run back in 2022, he was a very well handicapped horse then and I told all the owners to back him at 40-1 to 1 for the Lincoln a few weeks ago.
I don't know what price he is now, but he was definitely the wrong price at 40 to 1. This horse has done everything right so far, but March will be the month we find out more. This has been the Racing News, with all the news that is the news on from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time for the Racing News. Well, that was uh, Mike Padden with all the Racing News and now let's have a look and see where we can go racing this weekend. There are eight races at Chepstow over the jumps with a 12.47 start. At Lingfield, there are eight races on the flat with a 12.55 start. At Newcastle, on the all-weather, there are eight races over the jumps with a 1.10 start. Fairy House in Ireland, there are seven races over the jumps, 1.35 start. At Kempton, seven races over the jumps with a 1.50 start. And Chelmsford, seven races over the flat on a 5.10 start. Sunday, there are seven races over the jumps at Fontwell with a 1.30 start. Seven races over the jumps at Hereford with a 150 start. Seven races over the jumps at Nuss in Ireland with a 210 start. And now it's time for this week's Equine Superstar. And this week we're looking at El Gran Senor. Equine Superstars. This week we focus on El Gran Senor. The Bay Stallion was foaled on the 21st of April 1981 and his breeders were E.P. Taylor, Vincent O'Brien, John Magnier and Robert Sangster who subsequently purchased the horse. Amongst his major wins in 1983 were the Wearaway Stakes, the National Stakes, the Dewhurst Stakes and in 1984 the Gladness Stakes, the 2000 Guineas, the Irish Derby and the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. El Gran Senor was retired to stud, but sired fewer than 400 foals. He won over half a million dollars in prize money. Now let's remember El Gran Senor winning the 1984 Irish Derby. ...and away, and Dahar on the inside is one of the first to show, but Tellius taking it up from him now. Tellius going on from Long Pond and Dahar and Rainbow Quest. Then comes March Song, then El Gran Senor, then Inflation Beater, and Nino Valador is the back marker. So Telios taking him along, as his half-brother did back in 1980, from Long Pond on his outside. Then comes Rainbow Quest, who's taken quite a strong hold. Dahar for France is fourth. Then comes El Gran Senor, March Song, Inflation Beater, and finally Nino Valador. And still, Jeff Baxter, his first ride in the Irish Sweeps Derby. Leading on Tellius from Long Pond, Walter Swinburne, who's never been beaten. His only other ride was Sharif Dancer. In third is Rainbow Quest and Steve Cawthon. Then comes Dahar for France and then El Gran Senor. Then quite a gap to March Song, followed by Inflation Beater and Nino Valador finding this pace altogether too hot. Seven furlongs to run now at the Curra, and it's still Telios in the lead from Long Pond and Rainbow Quest and Dahar and El Gran Senor in fifth. Then March Song, Inflation Beater and Dino Valador racing towards the five furlong marker now. Still Telios from Long Pond. These two for England from Rainbow Quest for England too. Then Dahar for France in fourth. Then El Gran Senor with quite a little bit to do at the moment and Pat Edery is sitting very confidently on him though. Behind him comes March Song, Inflation Beater and then Nino Valador. And it's still Telios from Long Pond but little between the two. 
Then comes Rainbow Quest, Daha, and El Gran Senor. It's been virtually the same order throughout as they pass the half-mile pole and make towards the home stretch now. Tellius on the inside of Long Pond, Rainbow Quest going well, then Daha, then tucked in behind them, El Gran Senor. Under three furlongs to run in the sweeps, Darby. Tellius from Long Pond, Rainbow Quest, Daha. Then comes El Gran Senor. And Rainbow Quest is going on now at the two furlong marker. Steve has gone for home, but El Gran Senor is breathing down his neck. It's Rainbow Quest from El Gran Senor. Then comes Tellius coming to the furlong pole. Rainbow Quest from El Gran Senor. El Gran Senor being kicked on now by Pat Edwards. El Gran Senor from Rainbow Quest as the race up towards the line. El Gran Senor has certainly superiority. He wins it in tremendous style. Rainbow Quest is second to Harris. El Gran Senor wins the 1984 Irish Derby. I'm sure regular listeners will know that we try to get as many of the uh, local trainers and jockeys on to the show as we can. And uh, we've managed to get hold of yet another of the local West Country trainers. And I'm talking about Kieran Burke, who's based down at Whitcomb near Dorchester. Right, well, good afternoon, uh, Kieran. Thanks very much for coming on to the show. Um, just want to really talk about you, your setup down there at Dorchester, and and how you got involved. Really, I mean, you were originally a jockey. When did you uh, when did you start racing and and you know get your first rides? When was that? Quite well, a long time ago now. So um, started when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Um, had a few rides for Colin Tizard. I'm the first winner for Colin. Uh, stayed there for a few years, and then linked up with Pat Rockford in Martok Ash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was turned out to be really good in the end. Yeah, and that's where you came across uh, Homewood Legend, which you won on at uh, Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah, good old Homewood Legend, known by Brian Derrick. Um, yeah, no, he was a he was a good horse. He actually won on the at Sandown on the Saturday before Cheltenham, and then won on the Thursday at Cheltenham. So um, yeah, no, he was a he was a good tough horse anyway. I think he was quick turnaround, wasn't it? Just four or five days. Yeah, very quick, very oh, quick. I mean. Um, he was sort of out. He was out of the race, if I can remember rightly, and he won that race at Sandown, which then gave him the penalties. They actually sneak in at the bottom of the handicap at Cheltenham, so yeah, he was quite lucky, really. But you wouldn't get that going on these days, would you? I mean, at Cheltenham, they, they do about three days, four days. It's usually four or five weeks before they'd even consider racing them again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? No, he was one of them horses that could take his races quite well. So um, yeah, we um, we gave it a shot, and thank- thankfully we did. But but was he your your last ever ride or because I, I I read somewhere that you know you packed in through injury very close to that time. Yeah, no, he wasn't my last one. Um, my actually last ride was for Colin Tizard, funnily enough. All right, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. I was, I was riding out at home one day and got injured, so that was the end of that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a very dangerous sport in the context. You know, the number of jockeys I've spoken to that have, you know, they've all had horrendous injuries i mean only only this week tom scudamore for example he's been on the show regularly and he, he just suddenly had to pack it in through i suppose getting he's just you must it must wear you out i think getting constant injuries doesn't it well, <laughs> yeah well i mean it's, it's annoying more than anything because all you want to be doing is riding so mm. um yeah if you're on the sidelines it's, it's more frustrating than anything well but, yeah um, and i suppose yeah. the financial aspects of it as well must come to bear these days as well Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. No. But, um, thankfully, I haven't got to worry about that anymore. <laughs> no, no, quite. So, anyway, you 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 started training. Uh, what what would that be in two thousand eleven? Is that about right? Uh, two thousand eleven. Yeah. 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 And in particular, one horse that jumps out at you like a 
uh, a sledgehammer really hunt ball tell me about yeah. hunt ball because he sounds like a a, a, a unique sort of horse <laughs> yeah so actually uh, he was in like the, a guy sent him for me and pat rodford to train um this the last year i was riding mm-hmm. and um he was there to to sell on to owners so um i actually rode him in the april meeting at cheltenham right um that was his last run then he had a he was in a novice chase at the april meeting um and then the owner wanted to sell so i made him a silly offer and bought him myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and thankfully accepted oh, right. um so yeah um that's how we come about him and then um I, to be quite honest with you, I couldn't give him away. I couldn't get anybody to buy him. I was stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And um, then Mr. Knott came along and bought him. <laughs> yeah. And, and how, so, yeah, how, many, um, how many horses, how many races did he win? Cool, to get off the top of my head. I think he won seven in a season, mm-hmm. uh, including Cheltenham. And then he finished up being placed in the Betfair Bowl at Aintree, right. grade one. Yeah. So um, yeah, he won plenty. He did actually get beat at Plumpton off sort of. 90 something i think when he ended up being rated 163 so um how we how we got beat that day i'll never know (laughs) but i mean considering he started at 69 to work himself up to 163 is is you know shows really great progress isn't it yeah he was he he just got better and better every time he you know he started putting his head in front from the the first run we had the following season yeah put his head in front and he just he just didn't stop then he was sort of improving and improving every every run so um, yeah, no, he was. We were very lucky to come by him. So, twelve years on, roughly, you've been training 12, 12, 13 years, something like that, is it? Something like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, things have moved on, obviously, but uh, you, you, well, for a start, you've got what I consider to be one of the nicest training setups around for miles. I mean, I remember when I went down there, oh, a fair while ago now, not long after it was opened, I think, because it's not been built that long, has it, in terms of... Uh, no, no, and, not uh, really. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal place. I mean, my, my brother-in-law quoted, he said, oh, you could eat your dinner off the floor in the stables. He was, <laughs> he was so impressed. It was, it was in, I mean, it, it still is an incredible place, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. Um, we, like I say, we're very lucky to be here. Um, it it come, come for us at the right time. Um yeah, no, it's just an incredible place. A lot of history here as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's good, good to try and make our own bit of history from here. Yeah, absolutely. But David Ellsworth was there before you, wasn't he? Amongst others. Yeah, David Ellsworth, uh, Gay Calloway, yeah. Joe Crowley. Yeah. Uh, a lot of flat trainers actually here. Yeah. You know, I've tried to make it work here, but um, no, we um, we are predominantly jumpers now. So I mean, it's, it's going all right. We've had a good season this season, so it's it obviously works for the jumpers as well. Yeah. And and um, you do mo- you do both, but I mean, is it predominantly jumping that you do, and just just the odd one or two jump uh, flat horses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got yeah, most mostly jumpers, um, a few flat horses. Our landlady actually um, breeds a few herself, so yeah. we've got a few of them, a few of them knocking around to run on the flat. Yeah, is it more difficult to train a flat horse than a jump horse, or is it much the same in just you know they race differently? It must be more difficult because I can't train a flat win and save my life. So <laughs> <laughs> it must be something different. But you know, yeah. we've had a few run on the flat. They ran well, but we we yet to have a winner from here on the flat yet. But um, there's there's one or two here that'll be knocking at the door in a minute. They're um oh. they're actually quite ni- quite nice young flat horses. So um yeah, hopefully hopefully we get ahead in front in a minute. Yeah, but um, as things stand at the moment, you you've just broken the hundred thousand pound 
prize money barrier, which is great. Um, with yeah. his seventeenth winner, so uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's impressive and and going in the right direction, obviously. Yeah, definitely. We're on our best ever season tally at the moment, so um, yeah, um, going the right way anyway. So as long as we can keep doing that, improving year on year on year, then we're we're going the right way then. But no, it's um, we've had a, we've had a nice, good, really good start to the season. It's continued all the way through, frankly. Yeah, but uh, do you find it a struggle from a financial point of view? I mean, you know, it's it's all about getting winners and getting decent horses there, so that you've got a better chance of getting winners. I mean, how just how difficult is it being a, a, a you know, a, a, I quote you as being a young trainer because you've not been doing it that long. <laughs> um, it's not easy. If anybody ever tells you it's easy, then they're um. They're lying. Yeah, fair <laughs> it's enough. <not> easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but thankfully we got my my partner. She sort of keeps an eye on everything. She sort of runs the show. Yeah. Um, she deals with all the finances and bills and all the rest of it, and I've just got to concentrate on the horses. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, she does that as well. But um, yeah, <laughs> We're, I'm lucky to have her to be helping out anyway. What would you say is your your star horse? Uh, at the moment, probably Soul Icon. Um, He's he's won his last five five on the bounce. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and we're hopefully heading for the Imperial Cup in a few weeks' time. Okay. So that's and, the plan at the moment. And and how many horses have you actually got in training down there? Uh, we've got around thirty six actually in training at the moment. Right. And and with, with regard to um, Whitcomb, I mean, what, how, how many could you have if suddenly the, the the heavens opened with loads of people wanting horses trained around here? Uh, we've got room. Well, there's 140 stables here altogether, so Is it? Oh, <laughs> got, you've got a bit of way to go. Plenty, there. Plenty, plenty, plenty there. But no, I wouldn't. To be honest, I wouldn't want that many. I wouldn't want to lose the attention to detail that we've got. A nice yeah. number. Yeah. And sort of manage that nicely at the moment. So, what do you, um, what not do you, that I turn nice horses away. I wouldn't. But no, no of course not. <laughs> but uh, what do you think is the secret of West Country? Because I mean, looking at the, the area that we're in now, I mean, you're down there. I mean, we've got. You've got Colin and Joe Tizard up at uh, Sherbourne. We've got uh, Harry Fry not that far away. We've got, uh, well, Jack Barber was very close because I know Jack and, and uh, his father very well. And then, of course, we've got Anthony Honeyball's very close. Kayleigh Woolacott's very close. Well, what's so special about this this part of the West Country, do you think? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, it's just... I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I mean, I, yeah, like you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of trainers around here. Mm, definitely, um, it's, it's amazing to think that there's enough owners and horses to share around. But um, yeah, it seems to be enough anyway at the moment. Uh, ben Clark, that's another one. He's just up the road from us here. Yeah, Ben does very well. Yeah, yeah. Ben does very well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's um, it's nice to have a load around here. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good job. There's enough owners and horses to share around. That's the yeah. that's the main thing. And another thing I spotted too about your your setup. I mean, this this has got to be a a real plus. Having a vet on board on on you know on site. On site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is really handy. Um, oh. They're literally, well, they're ten strides away from my yard, so it's um, yeah, really, really, really good. So it's, you know, if anything's any slight little problem. There's always a vet there on site, so it's um, yeah, it really happens. But no, but I mean, it must make must make like very easy from the point of view of keeping the horses well fed to to the you know to the fore because uh, you know it's it's all part of the game, isn't it? And making sure that the horses yeah, are, uh, are looked after well, sort of thing. So so where do you where where do you see the future then, Kieran? 
Um, just keep training winners. I mean, the more winners we have, obviously, the, the better. But we just want to keep keep training winners and keep improving year on year. Yeah. Um, I think it's taken us it's taken us a while to actually get on and have a few more winners. But hopefully, we've sort of get the swing of it now and keep going. Yeah. Keep keep going the right way. That's that's the main thing. And um, yeah, I mean, if it, it, a couple of real nice good ones coming along along the way, even better. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, look, you know, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to give you a call every couple of weeks or two or three weeks just to see how you're progressing and, you know, we can just do an update for the listeners as to, to what horses you've got, what are running and what are not. And then, uh, yeah, just to keep everybody informed, really keep your name on the on the map. Yeah, no, no problem. Not a problem at all. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much and best of luck for the next couple of weeks until I speak to you again. Now it's time for some news from the Coral Racing Club. First of all, Rebecca Mendez has been talking to us about Lady Mendoza. Lady Mendoza has been on a short course of antibiotics in the last week just to help her get over that bit of sickness she is carrying. We took her bloods again just to see how she'd responded to the treatment and I'm delighted to say we've seen a big improvement. We will keep a close eye on her over the next week or so but thankfully she seems in much better form with herself. We are monitoring all of our team very closely at the moment just to make sure we can react quickly if any of our horses do show any signs of sickness or not being quite right. As I've said before, it's a very common at this time of the year, so it's something we just have to deal with the best way we can. And I'm also delighted to tell you that Lady Mendoza has had her third run. She's been allocated a handicap mark of 100. This is ideal as it allows her to run in those 0-100 contests so it will open up a whole lot of options for her. Well that was what uh, Rebecca Mendez had to say about Lady Mendoza and John Joe O'Neill has also been speaking about Hey Day Baby. This is what he had to say. We were hoping Hey Day Baby had got over the viral infection she picked up earlier this month but it's just hung around and she's still a bit snotty. The weather is a factor in that, it's been quite mild during the day but colder at night, so their body temperature goes up and down. They can get a bit sweaty under their rugs and those little coughs and colds hang around that little bit longer than normal. It's frustrating, but it is just a minor niggle, and once she's got over it fully, we can step her work back up, but she will have an easy week or two now. It was great to meet some of you here at Jack Dawes this week. We hope you all enjoyed the morning as much as we did. And Hey Day Baby certainly enjoyed all the carrots you fed her. Well, that was what John Joe O'Neill had to say about Hey Day Baby. Now, if you haven't joined the Coral Racing Club, eh, you really should. It's free. You can't go wrong. Just go to the Coral Racing Club website and you'll get all the details there. Now, we're going to talk to David Pipe down at Wellington. Good afternoon, David. Nice of you to join us. It sounds like you're at the sales, so a busy afternoon ahead. Um, yep. Just a couple of stories, really. I wanted to talk to you about. First of all, um, Cheltenham getting very ever close now. I mean, how's your your string looking? Are you you, you all prepared? Everything going well? Uh, yeah, we'll be quiet enough at Cheltenham this year. I think we'll let the Irish get on with it. Um, so um, yeah, we w wouldn't have too many there, and obviously with the way the uh, uh, the weather's going as well. Um, yeah, you know, we've got softer ground horses. Yeah. Um, of the ones that you've got sort of entered already, at least provisionally entered, um, Remastered, is, is, he, is he your best chance, do you think? Uh, yeah, he probably would be if he goes there. Um, but, um, 
he would need a fair bit of rain before uh, before he goes there. Yeah, and you've also got him down for Aintree, I see as well. But I mean, obviously early days yet. But um, he's he's obviously a, a good horse in the making, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's he's done very well this season, and uh, yeah, um, you know, he's our flagship horse at the moment. Yeah, definitely. He's won me a few quid anyway, so I'm not complaining. Um, a um, couple of other things. Uh, first of all, the, the, the whip bands suddenly have, have started to uh, appear. Um, your thoughts on it now that it's actually in place and we're, we've got to live with it now? Well, it's been handled badly and um, it's been brought in uh, just before Cheltenham, which... Uh, pretty silly time to bring it in so something else that the sport has made a mess of I mean if you were Paul Nichols, would you be extremely annoyed at the fact that uh, one of his jockeys has got uh, banned and is going to miss Cheltenham well I, I I don't know look if you break if you break the rules then you have to be banned don't you but uh, are the rules right yeah yeah, quite. Um, and then the, the last little story, really, which is uh, must be a, a bit of a blow to you. Um, suddenly, you've lost your top jockey. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Tom um, shocked us all by retiring, um, but he felt the time was right. He's had an amazing career, um, and uh, yeah, he'd be hard to replace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was looking at the figures. Seven hundred and fifty winners, roughly speaking. You, you, you said uh, for, for him. Uh, for you, well, as a pair, like you know, and and he's been to yeah. Cheltenham on uh, ten ten Cheltenham uh, winners as well, or t Cheltenham visits. Um, you know, he's he's a phenomenal guy, isn't he? Yeah, no, that's right. He was very good on the on the big day, very good um, around the Cheltenham festival. Um, so yeah, you know, he's had an amazing career. He should be very proud of what he's done. Um, and now he's yeah, he'll move on to uh, pastures new. Yeah, well, I think he'll be well in demand. I mean, obviously, ITV dived in on Saturday and he was there straight away, and he's a natural, isn't he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. No, I'd say there'll be a few people worried about their jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, definitely. And he's quite a good while in um, Anthony McCoy up as well, I thought. But uh, no, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. but he's but he's a lovely guy, and it's, it's you know it's, it's a credit to him that he's, he's taken the decision when it suits him rather than the decision, you know, forcing it on him. That's right, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure we all wish him well. Well, look, thank you for that uh, David and uh, I hope you have a successful day at the sales there and bring back some decent winners and um, yeah have a good Cheltenham well that was Wellington trainer David Pipe there and now we're going to catch up with Mr Dave Wilson well good afternoon Dave thanks for joining us again as usual have you had a good week yes we had a lovely weekend last weekend uh, as I said I was going up to Asker and uh, we're going to introduce myself to a few of the bookmakers with Shiskin Racing so yeah uh, yeah we, uh, we we relieved them of a cup of coffee and a portion of fish and chips each. So uh, we had a very good afternoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Shiskin impressed, didn't he? He did, yeah. Well, as we said, like it uh, bounced back and we thought it was uh, ideal time to go up there and get a piece of the action with him, and uh, we did. Uh, yeah. Another one on the card that impressed me was uh, Neon Moon, who was due to be ridden by Tom Scudamore, and unfortunately he retired the day before, and... Uh, Philip Armstrong rode him very well, considering the uh, way he rode him at the Taunton the previous time. So uh, it was nice to have him. Uh, we backed him each way. He was 18 to 1 when we backed him, so mm. he finished second, and uh, it made a good day of it. So, yeah, uh, nice. jolly good. So we're going to Chepstow and Kempton this week then. Yeah, we've got one at Chepstow, and we've got three at Kempton for you. So we're going to start with uh, Chepstow one, and it's in the 345 race. Very, very impressive last time out. A horse called Gallop de Chasse. 
I think that's how you pronounce him, but yeah, if you're I'm... English, it's Gallop to Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Gallop to Chase, then. <laughs> Gallop to Chase. Yeah. Uh, going to be written by Charlie Deutsch and trained by Vanessa Williams. Uh, as I say, one last time out, and he's been raised £5 for that. Uh, he normally runs very, very consistent this horse, and he's forming second, second, fourth, second, second, first. And when a horse wins, they normally come on for that win when they've had that. It's a little bit of a confidence booster for him, and I think he'll back that run up very well. Uh, he looks to go very well on good ground as well, and the Venetia team's coming into form at the moment. So he looks to be a nice bet. I'm, I'm expecting him to open up around about 7-4, 2-1. <laughs> so he's going to be leg one for us on uh, the lucky 15 this week. OK, fine. Now we're going to pop over to Kempton now. We're going to start with a three o'clock race and a horse that we've tipped up a couple of times this year at very big prices. Uh, Sledgematic in the three o'clock there. Uh, Harry and Dan Skelton team up with him. Now, he's a horse uh, absolutely bolted in twice at Kempton last year. And he's one that I've had in the notebook, but he won them races basically on the bridle. didn't even come off of it. Now, he's been dropped a few pounds for his last couple of runs, and uh, he's only a couple of pounds higher, than, five pounds higher than when he won the last two races at Kempton last year. Now, the thing to note is, as soon as the betting markets opened up, he was 16 to 1, and within an hour and a half, he's already been cut into 9 to 1. Mm. So, uh, there's one or two little shows of 14s where one... One show with Bet365, if you can get on with them. And one of the other firms is 14s. But the others are all down to 9s and 8 to 1 at the moment. So uh, I'll take notice of uh, Harry and Dan Skelton team when they have a bet on a horse. And the way this horse won this time last year, them two races at Kempton, he looks to be a very, very good chance of getting in the frame there if he doesn't win the race. So uh, big price there. So that's Fledge Matic in the 3 o'clock at Kempton. Okay. Moving down to the 4.10 race, a horse that ran Ascot last week, who I, I watched with very good interest for a few reasons. He's called Ivaldi. Harold Cobden rides him for Paul Nichols. Now, he didn't get the clearest of runs at the start of the race at Ascot last week, and he run round at the very, very back of the field with his head bowed down low in a very funny running style. Uh, he was given a very considerate ride by Harry as well, and he still managed to finish fourth. Now, previous to that, he's got some very good, strong French form, and he won a great race, uh, Ascot, previously, when he only got beat half a length by Scarface. Now, Scarface would be pretty short order to win this race, so I expect that Ivaldi, if he doesn't get smashed up early on, like he did at Ascot, will run very, very well. And he's priced up at around about 5-1 to one at the moment in the... Newspapers, there's no shows up at the moment, so he's going to be leg free for us. I vowed in 410. Okay, fine. Now, the last leg of the lucky 15 this week is in the 445, and the horse is called Guy. Uh, Sam and Nigel Twist and Davis team up for this one. Now, he's dropping down in class after running in a class one up at Cheltenham. Now, this fella's got a very mixed bag of. Well, it's not a mixed bag of form. It's very consistent form. He's finished second eight times and he's been in the frame four other times, but he's only got one win on his form book. Uh, 
Now, it shows that he's got a lot of class. It's just I don't know why he's not winning races. He should be winning some of these races. And uh, we shall see now he's been dropped down in class into this one. Now, he's, he's my each-way banker better for what he can, obviously, with the amount of times that he's finished in the frame. And being priced up at 12 to 1, he looks to be very good value as well. So he's got a chance of winning the race. His form says he's got a very good chance of winning. But he, the consistency of his seconds and thirds that he's hit, it's uh, an each-way banker bet for me. So that's a 4.45, that's Guy. Right, OK. How's the old uh, lucky 15 looking at the moment? Uh, you know, the injured jockeys aspect of it. Just- I was just coming along to that. We've got £47.92 pence in the kitty at the moment okay. going into this Saturday. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're showing a nice little profit and hopefully we can build that up and get it near the £100 mark before we make a donation at the end of the National Hunt. So wow. uh, we shall uh, press on and uh, see, see what we can do with it. Knowing you, you're going to hit one of them one day when they're going to have all four come up and we're going to have big, big prices and there's going to be thousands floating about. So let's hope that's fairly soon. Dave Wilson there from Harlequin Racing and uh, pushing ahead with his lucky 15 for the injured jockeys. Fund. Now it's time to pop up to Gloucestershire and catch up with Richard Phillips for his selections for the weekend. Hi Richard, nice of you to join us on the show again. Always welcome. I take it we're going to Kempton Park tomorrow. Uh, we certainly are, yeah. It's always an interesting meeting. Uh, it used to be the Racing Post Chase, now it's the Coral Cup, as it were, uh, sponsored by the great bookmaker. But, um, yeah, it's a race we won 20 years ago with the Londier, and it's always an interesting handicap. And this year, Captain Orr, a recent winner, um, trained by Christian Williams, his favourite, and Ansem, another interesting... Runner, great horse of Evan Williams's camp, um, who won making all the running last time. And, and of course, Froden will be top weight in the race. And as you know, he's won a King George Van Kempton. So he'll have it all to do in this race against such competitive odds. But basically, uh, it's a great race and very competitive. And if Captain Orr is in the same form as he was last week, he's going to take a lot of beating. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Christian Williams has got a habit of coming up with these uh, grade, graded races, hasn't he? He certainly has, because um, he, he's had a quiet start to the season, but they've come to form now, and he's also in the Ida Chase at Newcastle on the same day. He's got Kitty's Light, who ran an excellent third last time out, looks as though coming back to form, and Kitty's Light runs in, uh, in the Ida at Newcastle on Saturday. And again, that has a favourite chance in that race. It's a real staying race, a four-miler. But, uh, yeah, Christian Williams basically specialises in uh, staying chases and he's got two great chances this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what else have we got? Right, uh, we've got some horses that basically uh, could be heading towards the Cheltenham Festival. We've got a sort of Triumph Hurdle trial in the Adonis at Kempton and scriptwriter is favourite for that from the Milton Harris camp. Excellent second last time out at... Cheltenham itself, so um, scriptwriter will be favourite for that one and looks to have a great chance um, and it's highly sought after by all connections. Uh, pretty competitive race, the old Adonis this year. And we've got the Pendle uh, Novice Chase as well. We've got Boot Hill, favourite there. Harry Fry's the horse, uh, ridden by Jonathan Burke, excellent jockey and has an excellent chance, a favourite chance in, I think in the Pendle. But yeah, as ever, an interesting card at Kempton. Absolutely, yeah. And um, what do you make of the, uh, the, the the whip bands that have been 
been floating around in the last couple of days? Well, it's two sides to this as ever. Um, it, it's sad that the timing for this uh, quite controversial change has come just before Cheltenham Festival and you wonder why it could have been done at the beginning of the jump season in a few weeks' time. But um, there's probably never a perfect time for this. But there's two sides to this. Um, it, it is a big ask for some jockeys to change their style in a way. But equally, um, there, are, there are plenty of jockeys have been warned of their behaviour, as it were, and, and how they ride. Uh, if they basically followed the rules, there wouldn't be any controversy at all. So it's a case of changing. But hopefully, Lorcan Williams, unfortunately, had a, a fair old ban for his win at Haydock the other day. But he had been sent several letters by the BHA saying he had broken the rules in the past. So, um, you know, in that sort of month of basically sort of learning about the rules and sort of um, a, a period where people could be warned of what that might happen in the next few weeks and Lorcan Williams I'm afraid um, as you know got a rather large ban but he was warned and I'm afraid jockeys are going to have to change their style and their approach yeah. and um, in, in the long run um, it will be better for the sport if if the whip is seen to be less of an issue but he's learnt the hard way obviously <laughs> he has learnt the hard way and there's a few other jockeys as well who've also learnt the hard way which yeah. um um, is unfortunate, and I, I think there was probably a better way of, uh, to bring it in, as it were. But rules are rules, and they are there. And I'm afraid you've just got to um, follow them. Yeah. And uh, if you're a professional, you've got to know what they are, and they've got to sort of react accordingly. Mm. I do have sympathy with a lot of the jockeys, but um, in the long run, um, they've got to basically look as though that as jockeys to the whip in or the stick or the whatever you'd like to call it um, I know it's made of um, you know foam these days but to the public uh, and the public do matter the public have to be assured that they are basically doing something that is uh, within the rules and is not harming the horse so in the long run hopefully it'll be better for the sport but in this bedding in period I'm afraid. Yeah. Now, one other thing quickly before you go, Richard. Um, a surprise to everybody, I think, Tom Scudamore retiring. Yeah, Tom is a great professional, great man, um, great family. And Tom has been a credit to the sport, credit to his family over a quarter of a century of riding, basically. And um, he's given up on his own terms. Um, He's been a professional all his life, done the job extremely well, very popular guy. And basically, he he fell one day and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And in a way, he's lucky because he knows when to get out. He's got out at the top of his game and he's going to have a great career in the sport, I hope, because he's a very intelligent, charismatic, good guy. Yeah. And I'm sure he'll uh, make a huge contribution to the sport in the years to come. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. OK, then, Richard. Well, thank you very much for that. Um... Have a good weekend, and we will no doubt speak to you next week. Speak to you next week, and yet again, great racing to look forward to. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Speak to you soon. Well, now I've got to change something on the show. I've got to get used to saying, welcome to Tom Scudamore. And then I've got to stop and think and say, now an ex-top jockey. 
because of course Tom has decided to hang up his riding boots and we're delighted to have him on the show today and he's going to tell us all about it. So good evening Tom and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, you're now an ex-jockey and uh, I, I'm, I'm shattered to hear that. Can you tell us you know, what, what, what was the decision-making process that brought you to that conclusion? Uh, well, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a sharp one really. Um, I just, I had a fall at Leicester um, and you know, I, I just thought that that's enough really. Um, mm. It wasn't something I'd planned on doing or something I'd expect from doing. I know I was at the age where um, you know that you're, you're coming towards the end of your career. Yeah. So when that would end, I, I had no idea or no plans. Um, I've always heard sportsmen talk about when they know that the, that the moment has arrived. Mm. And uh, that moment arrived for me. At, uh, I always thought it was a cliche, but generally that moment arrived for me um, last Thursday. And it was very clear, was it? There was no sort of vagueness, yeah. no very, fogginess very about it. No, like a... Uh, like a light bulb went off in my head and it was like that that's that's enough i've had a, had a great time i'm not doing that again but looking back on it tom what what would be the highlight of your whole career can you put it down to one one particular ride or i i i i'd say it's very hard to say it's hmm. down to one particular race um i've very fortunate ridden a, a lot of nice horses uh, for a lot of good people um and look it's all about the horses I couldn't say one particular ride or one particular race maybe gave me more satisfaction over that than anything else. But the, the thing I'm most proud of is that the same people I, I, I rode for as a £7 claiming amateur jockey when I first started were the same people I rode for at the end of my career. And, and there's not many that can say that. You know, I never got sacked or replaced. And um, I made a lot of good friends along the way. Um, and I was, you know, I was still in demand right up to the end of my career. So... Um, that that's the sort of thing I'm most proud about, and, and, and to look on back on my career with most satisfaction. And now moving on, obviously to a new career. But um, you know, uh, looking looking back on it, I mean, fifteen. Am I right in saying it's fifteen hundred odd winners you had? Yeah, I think it was fifteen hundred and eleven or something overall. Um, so that's a lot, lot, lot of winners. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, a lot of winners, a lot of numbers a lot of fun yeah no absolutely and, and you know but now as I say you've got you've got new new um, sort of thresholds to, to break through um, can you see yourself as a regular television personality um, I'd like to hope so uh, I've got a lot of you know waiting to see some offers coming back and uh, lots of talk about it so look I've had a I've, you know, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it um, had a lot of uh, yeah, I've had a lot of discussions about it so far. I'm just waiting to see really what comes back. Um, yeah. But it's yeah, it, it is something I'm, I, I, I can I can en you know, envisage taking uh, taking a prominent role in, in whatever I do next. But I'd like to balance it up. I'd, I'd like to do a, a lot of a lot of things. I know you know punditry generally. What with football and everything else has changed a lot. Did your father do, ever do any sort of punditry like this sort of thing on ITV? Dad, yeah, dad, dad did a, dad did a bit of it. Um, dad did a bit of it, um, but it, it didn't it didn't really work out for him. Um, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he he you know he, he I'd, I'd like to do something similar, but but hopefully do it a little bit more successfully than than dad did. 
Well, look, it's, it's really great having you on the show, and I appreciate you're going to be a busy man from now on, so we'll, we will obviously, hopefully, get you on occasionally from time to time, and I look forward to that. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks for what you've done so far for us, Tom. We do appreciate it, and, uh, you know, the very best of luck in your new career. Eddie, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for your support. No, no problem at all, and I'll, uh, I'll speak to you again soon, OK? Brilliant. Eddie, I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was Tom Scudamore, who has uh, just decided to hang up his riding boots, which is a great loss to the race riding game, but I'm sure it'll be television's gain. But uh, Tom's going to keep coming on the show from time to time just to have a chat with us, so we will look forward to that happening in the very near future. And in the meantime, Tom, good luck in your new career. And now, bringing up the rear, as he often does, it's our little friend, Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin. How have you been? Have had a busy Good. week? Yes, I have, really. Out racing all over last weekend, and then oh, doing things in the house and mucking about, and then the grass is starting to grow, and the flowers are coming out, and the camellia bush looks like it wants to spray with some washing up liquid, and there's a few little bugs underneath it, and uh, I can see the dustbin tops have gone green. They need a scrub. Plus a bit of work, uh, looking after dogs, and um, yeah, not too bad. Good. Well, it sounds exciting anyway, nothing else. <laughs> I mean, you know, have you got enough washing up liquid? That's the question. <laughs> no, I'll just go to a supermarket and get some. Yeah. I can barely afford to go to the supermarket anymore. Oh. And I'd love a tomato, but you can't get one. No, no. You still get spuds, though, mate. Thank God for that, because that's all you live on, is that spuds? Yeah, no, I would have wasted away otherwise, you know. But uh, I know you would have wasted yeah. away. Terrible. Yeah, it is. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway, we're going to Newcastle first, are we? Yeah, let's get up to bloody Newcastle, the Geordie Landmark. Okay, well, they're going to they're gonna get a pounding on Sunday. Are they? By the old menu? Yeah. Well, I can see that coming off. Yeah, I mean, you're playing well, aren't you? Oh, playing well. I think we'll, we'll we'll win all right, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think you will. You yeah. need it. You need to really. Yeah, yeah. But there we go. Anyway, Newcastle. Where are we? Newcastle. Right. Okay. What's the first race you're going to have a look at then? It's a mayor's only national hunt flat, flat race. Uh, what's that? The and last one is it? It's the first race. Oh, it's the first race. Don't know. That's right. Okay. Uh, there's a horse called Icky Lorraine that's trained by Warren Great Tricks. Um, and Warren's had a quiet time, but they're starting to do well now. This is a course winner. D Dylan Keats, I watched him ride the other day. He rides all right. He takes seven pounds off. He's the stable claimer. And I think Icky Lorraine can win the first race at Newcastle. Okay. Um, oh. And then some good racing on up there. A Dorset trainer, I don't know whether you spoke to before, a Ben Clark. Yes, I have. 43 up there. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, he lives, he's, he's right. literally about, uh, what would it be, two and a half miles away. Yeah. Um, he, tra he trains a horse called Endless Escape. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably named after uh, you, probably, the guy trying to get away from, from, from you down there. Endless Escape, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one that's last three. That, and that is, win again. That is hilarious, really. I, I, I really, I, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't laugh at that one, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I will try. 
funny. It's a poor comedian that laughs at his own bloody jokes, though, I tell you that. <laughs> you are, yeah, you are funnier than me. Yeah. And that doesn't take much. That don't take much. Right, let's find you another winner up there, or one or two winners up there. Um, I'm waiting to get... Well, I tell you what, there's a horse running called Sea Elegant, and it runs in the 253. It's trained by Christian Williams, who I think will win the big one up there. And uh, he ran at Hereford, having finished second in France. And it led on approach to the fourth uh, hurdle. And it was two ahead uh, when it ran out at the fifth. So it was obviously prominent and quite well fancied. It was nine to two, but it ran out. But I'm sure they'll keep it from running out today at Newcastle. It's called Sea Elegant. And it runs in the 253, and I think that will win up there as well. Right. Uh, right. E oh, here we go. We got the Ida Chase, a race which has run over four miles, one furlong, and 56 yards. So you need someone here that stays longer than the mother in law. And this horse, Kitty's Light, I think can win it. It won the Coral Cup at the old Racing Post Chase last year at Sandown. Uh, it kept it, in fact. And uh, it runs here. I think it's got a real good chance of, of winning uh, again. Well, first time this year it'll be, but, you know, he's got it down the handicap by £8. OK, you don't fancy the Galloping Bear, then, from Ben Clark? Um, the Galloping Bear, well, he's a 10-year-old, he fell last time out. No, I don't fancy him. He's about 81. He's probably going quite well when he fell last time. Ben Jones rides it. Yeah. Yeah, got a chance. Got a chance. The other horse got a chance down the West Country also. It's a horse called um, Amateur, and that's trained by John Flint and owned by a very nice man uh, who is, of course, a Burnham, um, limited Burnham. Well, they do sort of dry lining or something. All right. Um, but... Yeah, uh, nice, uh, nice, nice little horse, this one. Um, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that ran a big race as well. Um, right, still up at Newcastle. Let's have a look. Do I have anything else up there across the back? Nope. We're going to move down near nearer home now to Chepstow. Chepstow got an eight-race program there tomorrow. Uh, a lot of races, quite a few runners as well. Um, let's see what we think is going to win at Chepstow. Um, just find a, find, find a right race. Um, here we go. Here we go, Chepstow. There's uh, the two mile per tenth uh, qualifier. You've got to finish in the first five, I think, or six now to qualify for the big one at Cheltenham. So they'll all be trying, whereas in the past, you know, they've seen the odd horse that uh, might have just improved for the run, so as to speak. But in this uh, 157 at Chepstow, there's a horse that I think could just bounce back to form here. Not a bad horse in his day, got very good form, um, called Go Dante, and it's trained by Ollie Murphy. And it just finished fifth and nine the other day. Your tox had just needed the run, but I reckon it'll take a bit of beating. Okay. Um, that's in the 157. 232 stupid times. They got on my nerves these women times. Yeah. I think they drive Mary Mary mad if she's 
right now, a betting slip, and she's gone, but it's the 2.30, and it's over 2.35, and it's the 2.30, blooming two. Yeah, I think then, when then, she goes down there, I'm a bet. They'd say, oh, no, it's not that right race, would they? That's what they'd say. Yeah, not that race. Yeah. Mary, you're yeah. a bit late, Mary. Yeah. Going to have another gin and yeah. tonic, Mary. Yeah, good, late, I, good idea. Good idea. <laughs> right, let's get on. Uh, as we look down through Chepstow's um, 307, I've got another horse here, but they've got so many races. They split a couple of races here. Oh, there's something I was looking out for. Oh, hang on a minute. What about the oh. 232? Have you got a horse in that one? Oh, the 232? Yeah, I did. I gave you one, didn't I? No. Oh, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't give you one in that race. And, I, 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 do you know, there's a horse running here that could, on the better ground, he's got a hood on today, just bounce back. Yeah, sorry. 232, horse number six. It's called Small Bad Bob. And he's also hadn't won for about a year, but Henderson hadn't had a winner for about a year. That's um, not Nicky, of course, the other one, Paul. And uh -huh. um, yeah, I think that's got a real, real good chance again. Small bad Bob in the two thirty-two. Right. Um, moving forward. Moving forward. What about Joe Tizard's got a horse called Vision to Flow, and they backed this the other day at Fault. Well, it was second to Foxborough. Um, I would say it's got a big chance of winning. For the old Tizard, and they're in good form, you know. Tizard's horses, aren't they? Yeah, they so are. A bit, of a, a bit of a quiet spell. I've been watching them going racing. Anyhow, listeners, let's crack away to Kempton because we've got great racing at Kempton. It's all sponsored by Coral, and we'd like to be sponsored by Coral, the radio station, wouldn't you? We would indeed. Yes, indeed, indeed. We've tried to get hold of Simon Clare, but he's uh, he's not uh... elusive. Yeah, that's the word. That is Simon the word. Clare, if you're listening. If you're listening, get on to the great AD Hopper and, you know, chuck in a little bit of support, a little mm. bit of sponsorship money, if you wouldn't mind, because all we do is talk about Coral, yeah. the Coral Racing Club, 60,000 members, join up to Coral today, get involved, and you'll get a free share and three horses. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. I'm going to go for a horse that's a bit of a, a price here in this uh, Kempton race. And there's a horse called Sarson's Risk. It's trained by uh, Bob Brookhouse, which is Roger Brookhouse's son in Newmarket. It won by five wickets the other day at Donny. It looks a big improver. Um, and uh, it's about nine to one near Adonis. They're going to go like seven to four script rider who was second at Charlton the other day. You got Pastuous Way from the yard of uh, Gary Moores at one hundred and the other day was third to Comfort Zone at... Um, Chepstead December and one at Leicester time for that. But I think this horse, Sarson's Risk, is a horse with great potential and I think it could go close in the 150. Okay. Right, in the Pendle Novices Chase, there's only one winner here and that, I'm hoping, is Boot Hill. 150 yes. rated, owned by a good major mine, trained by Harry Fry, 6 to 4 favourite. Fingers crossed, Boot Hill wins at Kempton, the 2.25. Okay. And then we got the Coral Trophy. I won this twice, actually, when it was called the Racing Post Chase. And my wife 
used to look after a, a good horse that some of your listeners might remember called Doctors Express, and he loved Kempton. I think he won this two or three times, was placed in it a couple of times, as well as placed in King George's. And he was the only horse ever to be placed in the National, the Gold Cup, the King George, and the Hennessy Gold Cup at Newbury. So that was a fair feat for him. Uh, what wins it? Do you know, last weekend, I was on a horse called Captain Noir, weren't we? At Ascot, six to one at one, if you remember. I don't know. I'll have a look and see. You don't have to look. I've got a better memory memory than you. Anyway, Captain Noord, Captain Noir, I call him Captain Noord. One at um, Ascot last week. He got a five pound penalty. He puts up a claiming rider called Kieran Quirk, and um, I think this will win the big one. Okay, so. Three o'clock then, Captain Orr, yeah? Yeah, Captain Orr. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Uh, I've right. heard a rumour that there's an awful lot of money being put on phlegmatic Harry Skelton and Dan in that, Skelton, yeah. In that race? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I don't know if it's right or not, but I'm just passing it on. And I'll tell you another little... little um, I noticed that... Phlegmatic. Yeah, phlegmatic. And also, Milton Harris has got Gavin Sheehan riding for him on Jacobar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, that's, that's an unusual combination. So, and, and yeah. Gavin's pretty hot these days, so I don't know whether that's worth yeah. noting as well. Yeah. Well, well, that's a good bit of information. Yeah, I guess if the other side got pants in the race, a little each way would be um, Ofkin Bailey's, as I say, he's won it before. He's got a horse called Bob Hope or No Hope. I love the name. Yeah. Um, only one I love it from the other day, but it, it's got a chance, got a chance. Yeah. Then we've got the Dovecote Hurdle there at 340. Not many runners, just seven, but really, really um, uh, competitive. And the other day, you know, at Newbury, they really backed a horse that Harry Redknapp's got a share in, which was a sort of 89 rated horse on the flat, and it's called Postmark. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if that won. Mind you, have to be pretty smart to beat Gary Moore's Hansard, the Noel Feely Racing Syndicate source that's won Huntington and at Plumpton before that for Charlie O'Brien at Ballon Robe. Now, I'll tell you something about good. that horse, Hansard. Go on. I was talking yeah. to the aforementioned Mr. Noel Feely on the show about two, three yeah. weeks ago. And I said, yeah. come on then, Noel, give us a tip while you're here. And he said, yeah. well... He's very hot on Hansard, so right. that comes from the man right. himself. Yeah, so right. could yeah. easily, could easily. Mm-hmm. So there could you go. Easily go and win. Yeah, it could well, indeed. We'll go Hansard and Postmark, number one and number seven. Right, we got a couple of three races left there. Am I going to put another tip up? Well, I tell you what, I am actually. There's a horse trained by Henderson that they've kept in training. He hadn't run for a long time. It's called Will Carver, but he's not a bad horse. He won his last two when he last ran. He's a horse that's um, owned by the Owners Club. Wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he ran a big race, albeit an absence. I mean, he gets some pretty fit. He's got some smashing gallops, and you know, I think the horse be pretty fit. Yeah. Um, although, although I will say, uh, Nico de Boinville doesn't ride this horse. Um, he rides Scarpia, doesn't he? He rides Scarpia. So maybe that's a tip in itself. Maybe Scarpia is fitter than the other one. Anyhow, we'll just maybe 
keep an eye on um, Will Carver. His horse that will go over steeplechase fences another day, and he could be all right. So maybe we won't tip up. Don't take him off your list, Will Carver. We'll watch him when he goes over fences. Uh, right, I think Nico win the next race. Horse called Quick Draw. They took him out in Newby the other day. He runs in the 4:45, which is a handicap uh, chase. And he's owned by Alice Bamford, which is Lady Bamford's uh, uh, daughter. And uh, I think Henderson will win that. Henderson has also won the final race on the card here a few times, a bumper. And he rides, runs a horse called Ilias de Mou. And that was taken out in Newbury last week because of the firm ground. So I would say Ilias de Mou will win the 520 at Kempton. And listeners, that is your lot. Have a great weekend, lady. Thank you very much, Colin. And you sign, try not to get too stressed. Don't let the okay. world get you down. I'll try not to, old boy. Well, we will try our best not to. And we can't have our Colin getting stressed. It's not, it's not on exactly. the agenda at all. And apart from yeah, which, exactly. Mary will be getting worried as well. I know she will. Yeah, don't worry about me, Mary. I'll be fine. Yeah. Good man. Just a bit on. Take care. Thank you. So that was Colin Brown bringing to an end another edition of The Racing Show. Please join us again next week, same time, same station. Bye for now.